members of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. George Campbell, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Starting this hour off is going to be Jenny in Columbus, Ohio. Hi, Jenny. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, thanks for having me. Sure. How can we help? Uh, my husband and I are on baby step two, and we are all in. I've got a second job. He's working overtime. We're selling everything but our kid. Um, we're all in. Good. However, um, we are looking at anywhere, depending on what option we pick at the dentist, we're looking at anywhere from ten to $50,000 worth of work needed on my husband's teeth. Um. I don't know how to do that without taking on more debt. What's your household income? 170. Well, I do. You save up $10,000. Well, okay. So the $10,000 gets us 10 years, they said, and then he'd probably have to have the work done again. Do you still think that's the best option, or should we wait, or should we try to do the fifty thousand dollars option, which is a fix for the rest of his life? Um, B or C, none of the above. I want you to go. Okay. T- I want you to go talk to two other dentists. Okay. I'm calling BS. Okay. Unless your husband has some kind of disease, fifty thousand is out of control. I am oh, not okay. a medical it's for, professional. It's for, it's for dental implants. I know, but it's not okay. Then it's not fifty grand. Let's go shopping. Okay. Let's go shopping. Okay. 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 Um, I can because do that. the the thing I, the, I I I don't know beans about being a dentist. Okay, uh, but what I do know from having sat in this chair for thirty years is that I've had a lot of people bring me dramatic numbers like you just did, and I send them back to the marketplace, and they there's a lot of other ways to do this and turns out and a lot of uh, different pricing structures and so forth. For some reason, when it comes to medical or dental or things like this, we, we don't shop like we, if, if you were buying a car and someone said you could buy a $50,000 car or a $10,000 car, you would say, okay, uh, tell me about it. And, and, and then I'm going to keep looking at cars. I'm going to keep shopping. And then I'm going to have a lot of things to compare with, not just two of these options. So, but for some reason, all of us, you included, uh, just accept, well, it's 50,000 bucks. It didn't said so. Um, doc said it says, and no, there's a, you know, a vast array of pricing structures in that world. So I want to go shopping and then, yes, I'll put, let's pretend you can fix this for 10 or 15,000 bucks or 20,000 bucks even. Okay. For implants. Okay. okay. Uh, something more permanent. And then you don't have to cheap out, but you also don't have to go bananas. Okay. So, um, then then the answer to your question is how do you pull that off you make 170 you just slow your debt snowball and pile up 20 grand depending on the urgency the amount of pain he's in or whatever it is you're facing is how fast you do it uh if it's me and i'm hurting we're gonna do it fast because i'm a complete wuss you want it over with quickly i i I don't do pain i'm a wuss Mm. sharon has the pain tolerance of a navy seal uh, I get a hangnail and I'm in the floor crying like a four-year-old. So no, I mean, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna write some checks. Yeah, 
and get out of pain is what I'm going to do. But anyway, so I just depend on the urgency of the situation. And, and if, if what she's saying is true, let's say 10,000 buys are 10 years. Well, 10 years from now, you're going to be in a very different place financially. In two yeah. years, it might be debt-free, and you could do whatever you want. I don't know if flow. I want to rent my teeth for 10 years. But anyway. The, I'm confused. I didn't know it was like an HVAC. Like, well, this thing will keep it running for the next 10 years. I don't know what they're doing to his mouth there. It's a very strange <laughs> well, diagnosis. I, I can tell you this. There's... um. The cost, it's 400 and something thousand dollars to become a dentist now. And then buying into a practice would be another half million or so. Mm. And so there's a whole business side of dentistry that allows them to sell a vast array of products. I've fallen for it. Every Some, time I go in there, they have a new technology they've purchased that can now do this new thing. And it's for $50 a tooth. We can do this for you. Otherwise, it'll be 300 later on if you get the cavity. And I'm like, I don't, it's so stressful. That's called practice management. That's, they're Sometimes, in, the, that's they're in m- sales. Which is medical talk for sales. Okay. So um, I, I, I'm not accusing this dentist of malpractice. I'm just saying he's willing to sell. Implants are the most Willing to sell piece. old Jenny a Bentley. That's all I'm saying. So, I'm seeing uh, on Google, Dave, one to, $1 to $5,000 per implanted tooth is what the going rate is. So if he's talking many, many teeth. Could it, be 50 grand. It could be. Okay. Depending. All right. All right. Well, Google, but, we know Google's right. <laughs> always right. I go to WebMD for all of my health needs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you go to WebMD, you're dying. You have three days to live. That's it. You got three days to live. Everything is three days to live. Or it's a minor head cold. Three days to live. And $1,000 a tooth. Yeah. Three days to live. Yeah. I, I Seriously, shop at Jenny. That's what I would do. And then if you need 20000 bucks, slow down your, you got 170 coming in, slow down your debt snowball enough at the speed of the urgency to come up with the 20k if you're going to wait 10 months it'll be two thousand dollars a month we're going to do it over 10 months if we need to do it right now we're going to have to stop everything and do it over two or three months right and so uh however quick you can build up the 20k but it is going to impact and slow down your debt snowball speed because this is something you have to deal with your your husband's uh dental health does matter and we're not we're not blowing that off Hey, thanks for the call. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Thank you for joining us, America. We appreciate you being here. And, uh, I mean, this is how it's done, boys and girls. We, you know, it's, um, man, George, your brand new book coming out next week, Tuesday, January 16th, called Breaking Free from Broke, The Ultimate Guide to More Money and Less Stress. You can see right there on the cover, there's a millennial holding up the wall. That's all you need to know. So if they, if millennials can hold up walls, then they can do anything, right? I had so, to flex uh, my muscles that's there. That's it. You want, yeah, that, that, yeah. I've got an interesting question about this, Dave. People keep asking, well, how is this different from the total money makeover? And it's been an interesting question because I believe it's very different. The first two-thirds of this book are really unpacking probably the most in-depth we've ever done on the toxic money culture, all of the different types of debt with research from yeah. you know these last few years i mean if you want some in-depth stuff on any of the financial things moving around out there this book's got it in there and total money makeover has none of that total money makeover is the baby steps it's mm. how to do it how to do the baby steps yeah this book has so, a just i cover the baby steps and i go cats out of the bag but we're gonna have to unpack why to do the baby steps yeah. what's underneath this all? the research in this and the snark in this is incredible so but let me tell you living on less than you make living on a budget being generous getting out of debt saving money is going to be in every Ramsey book. 
in one form or another. Nothing new under the sun, yeah. says Ecclesiastes. We, we, didn't, we didn't change that for Jade or George or Rachel. It's going to be there. So uh, every Ramsey money book, anyway, it's not going to be in John Deloney's book, but even part of it's in John Deloney's book. Yeah. So there. So, I so mean, be sure to pre-order. January 15th is your last day to get $100 in bonus items at RamseySolutions.com slash store. Thank you to so many of you who have already done that. I hope this book helps you take the right next step with your finances this year. I want to tell you a true story. I got a letter from Fran in Virginia once. She and her husband, Gary, were loaded down with debt. They decided to get serious and worked for over two years to pay off $65,000. They were able to buy their dream home. Gary had just started a new job and things were looking really good. Six months later, Gary unexpectedly died. Wow. Tears my heart out. Besides the grief and shock, Fran had no income, was on her own, and her Social Security benefits couldn't pay the mortgage. Talk about feeling lost and alone. The only good part of this story is that Gary had term life insurance through Xander, so Fran was able to deal with her grief without being overwhelmed with money issues. Sad story, but I share it with you to make a point. For over 25 years, I've been telling you about the importance of term life insurance and protecting your family. Having life insurance is what responsible people do for their families. It's why I tell you every day to go to Xander.com or call them at 800-356-4282. George Camel Ramsey Personality is my co-host. Thank you for joining us, America. We're glad you're here. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Our question today is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. No more scrolling through pages of internet results. Neighborly is the one place you'll find a variety of home service professionals that you can rely on to do the job right, or Neighborly will make it right. That's the Neighborly Done Right promise. Learn more at neighborly.com slash Ramsey. Today's question comes from Sherry in Vermont. Hello, Mr. Ramsey. Can you please explain why the most common form of income mentioned is gross income, not net income, when discussing budgets and personal finances? I find it confusing because in my mind, the deducted taxes don't count. You can't spend what you owe the government. So if you include that, it makes it seem like you have more discretionary income than you actually do. Thank you for the clarification. Well, um, it depends on what we're talking about. The problem is, honestly, um, Sherry, the too many people don't know. <laughs> I want to say this delicately. They don't know what to flip their own money is. I mean, so here's the thing. If you make uh, $60,000 a year, that's $5,000 a month gross before taxes. But if I ask you what your net is and you say $2,500, which is $30,000 a year, then I've got to go try to figure out because you apparently don't know whether you have taken out 401k out of that health insurance out of that, whether you have your car payment deducted out of that, and it's going to your credit union. That's not real net, but it is what you're coming home with because you had all this other crap taken out of your check. And so a lot of people don't really understand that net what you get your take home pay because people have other various things taken out is not germane. I can tell what's going on with your gross, but I can't. And I know about what your taxes are based on your gross. And, but, uh, and, and then I can do the calculations while we're sitting here to help you move towards getting out of debt. But I'm well aware if you make $60,000 a year, $5,000 a month that you're not getting home with after federal income tax withholding, 
$5,000. I know that, but I also know that you should be getting home with a lot more than some of you are. Because some of you have too much taken out of your check. Your deductions are wrong. Some of you have uh, other things that aren't taxes coming out of your check, like I just mentioned. And so when I say take, when someone gives me take home pay, I really don't know what they're talking about because it could mean so many different things, but I can back into it from gross and know where you stand. So that's why I use that figure, but it's not because I don't realize there's taxes taken out. It's because I do realize there's a bunch of other crap taken out of other people's checks and sometimes they're so confused by that because you really can talk to somebody that's a $5,000 gross and they're getting home with half of that. Or if they have a regular income, they can be very confused based on what's going to come in that month. What's your take-home pay? So the, hey, what did you make last year? If you're year? self-employed, you know, you don't have a take-home pay. Mm. You know, and unless you set yourself up on a salary and you've done withholding, then did you do your withholding correctly? Because way too many people get a tax refund which means you have too much coming out of your check for taxes. It doesn't mean Santa Claus lives in Washington, D.C. And so if you have too much coming out of your check, and then I use your take-home pay number to try to help you with your finances, then I've participated in your, in your stupid mistake. You know, And so that, that's why we do that, because the only reliable number to back into things is your gross. And yes, obviously, Sherry, we do realize it comes out. Taxes do and we come use out some round numbers too when we're just on a five-minute phone call. We're not digging in to the exact mathematics, but yeah, yeah your brain. I mean, is the lady a few minutes ago, one hundred seventy thousand is her gross, and I know she's not getting home with one hundred seventy, but I also know that with one hundred seventy gross, she could come up with fifteen or twenty thousand bucks for her husband's teeth. I mean, I can. That's They're taking home not, eight or not, nine. They could probably live not off rocket half. surgery to do that basic math right there, and so. Uh, but I don't have to actually go. Well, let's see her tax withholding, and you don't have to. You don't have to do all that. She's out of 170 minus income taxes minus food. She can still find 20 to fix her husband's teeth. I mean, that's just it doesn't take a you know sixth grader to do that. So uh, hypothetically, but that's why. That's why uh, I know you can't spend what you owe the government. I'm well aware of that. They they take so much from me that it I can't breathe. Aiden is with us in Tampa, Florida. Hi, Aiden. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, how you doing? Better than I deserve. What's up? Great. Um, I'm 22. I just got married in October. My Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we make uh, around $115,000 right now. We both contribute 10% to our IRA for work. We're debt-free. And our question is around housing. We have enough for about a 10% down payment on the house we want to buy. And our question is, should we go ahead and do that and pay the PMI or should we wait a couple of years and just save up 20%? Well, I doubt it'd take you a couple of years. You'd probably do it by a year from now, couldn't you? Yeah, I think so. I think the math I was looking at, it'd be about a year and a half. Okay. All right. So you'll be a whole 24 years old when you buy your first house. That's the goal. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. I like that. No. I just, I mean, yeah. it's okay to do it the other way, but the PMI is so stinking expensive, man. I mean, it's mm-hmm. seventy-five bucks a month per hundred thousand. So it's two hundred twenty-five dollars if you do a three hundred thousand dollars house. What does this house a cost? Month? Aiden, what's this house going to cost? Yeah, about a three hundred thousand is what we're thinking. My yeah. uh, my wife works for a home builder, so we get a good deal. So you got thirty, and you want sixty. So the question is, how quickly can we save up another thirty? Make one hundred fifty. You really yeah. ought to be able to do that in a year, dude. You have yeah, other debt? Yeah, that's what we're thinking. You said you had no, no other no debt, debt at right? all. Oh, good. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to sit down, do the budget, and tighten up and say, hey, we're not going to buy that thing, and we're not going to buy that thing, and we're going to save for a house. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I would do if I were you guys. And you're investing 10%. You're in baby step 3B. And so if you so choose and you wanted to do this in six months, you could pause investing or bring it down to a match or something like that in order to speed this up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think, you yeah, can, yeah, I think you'll be – and if you're building a house, the two, you're not going to be closing on it when you break ground. Mm-hmm. That's so exactly you could, you could break ground you know, next spring, one year – and uh and still have time to get the money together to have the 20 percent down so i i like i just don't want to give them pmi private mortgage insurance folks if you don't know is foreclosure insurance it pays the mortgage company in the event they have to foreclose on you and they lose money that's what pmi is it's private mortgage it insurance. protects the lenders not you it protects the lenders it's not life insurance it's not insurance you are buying someone else an insurance policy. It's a risky you. borrower fee. At $75 a month per 100000 if you're buying a $300,000 house, that's $225 a month. On top of your interest that you're throwing away. Yeah. So it, yeah. it definitely hurts. But I was in the same spot as Aiden, Dave. We bought our first townhome was $300,000. It was a new construction build. And every delay, I was happy because it was more time we could save up. And so we were able to put down well over 20% because of that. And it allowed us to pay it off even sooner. Did, did you, you didn't purposefully cause any delays, did you? No, <laughs> that's just the construction business, Dave. I learned, I learned I had to, I had to manage the project myself. I had to show up there and be like, that towel bar is not even centered on the wall. I'm not a construction expert, but I feel like it should be centered. Wow. And so a lot of things need that to be That really fixed. happened, didn't it? Yeah, it's real life. That's what, that real, you really did do a towel bar thing, yep. didn't you? Because that you had too much passion about that for that. So to be much passion about the towel bar. That's um, but you know you've been in Nashville a long time. The amount of construction that's gone up in the last five years even is wild. And these builders, you know, they're they're moving as fast as they can, but they run into delays and subcontractors are moving around and going to the next guy who will pay him a dollar more. And so it can be it can be tough. Now things have slowed down, which is great. You get a little more attention on these builds. Yeah, probably keep the towel bar centered now. Keep the towel bar centered. That's all I ask. Big I'm deal. OCD. It's got to stay Big symmetrical. Deal a big deal but new builds as you know dave they can be a blessing and they can be a a curse (laughs) and so we were happy to have it but getting there was a journey the amount of blue tape on the walls dave every little nook and cranny you blue taped them too i blue taped the heck out of those walls Oh man you're that guy yeah okay they they didn't like me they were ready for me to be done yeah gotta get rid of ocd george it's the biggest purchase of my life dave i wanted it OCD done right george he's the towel rack guy the blue tape guy i've complained more at chick-fil-a to get the order right let alone my house oh you complained at chick-fil-a it's happened are you going to heaven they're not always perfect <laughs> they're not always angels dave <laughs> this is the ramsey show George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Sarah is with us in Seattle. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave and George. Thanks for taking my call. How are you? Better than we deserve. What's up? Well, my husband and I are pretty young. We're 24. Um, Over the last three years, we've paid off all of our debt, you know, college and a car. We've paid for our wedding in cash. But since we started working, we've actually tripled our income. So now it's about $400,000 a year. Good Lord. What do you guys do? (laughs) We work in tech. In what? In tech. Okay. They work in tech in Seattle. So I could guess where that might be. Okay. Well, good for you. Way to go. Congratulations. Uh, You know, 
Thank you so much. Um, and that kind of leads to my question. You know, as the baby steps lay out, we're moving on to the next phase of wealth building. We've maxed out our 401ks, our HSA, contributing to an IRA, some mutual funds. We don't have a desire to buy a house soon, but, you know, maybe we'll just save up for a down payment to be able to do that down the line if we choose. But since neither of us grew up with this kind of wealth or anywhere close to it, all of it kind of feels excessive almost. So how do you guys think about what a reasonable amount is to be saving versus spending? You know, we don't want to be excessive savers and missing out on generosity and enjoying the now, but also we don't want to be excessive spenders. So since it's new territory, I was curious if you could share your insight on that. There's a lot of wisdom there. Well done. Very well done. Oh, thank you. Um, well, the experience that most people have, and I've had it as well, is that as your income increases and it goes places you've never been before, it takes your emotions a while to catch up, which kind of causes you to ask this question. Yeah. Okay. It's like, you know, giving an extreme example. Um, I mean, I own Ramsey Solutions. Our gross revenues here are about $300 million a year and I've got a thousand team members, we spend more on coffee than I used to make. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, it's kind of emotionally mind blowing. You know what I'm talking about? And so, yeah. um, it, it's, uh, I, it's hard to get your head around. So how do you go? And it almost feels immoral or unethical unless you really start to put some, uh, you know, put put some help to it to help with the emotions so one of the things i've discovered and i i you know when i'm working for instance with a pro athlete i'll use this um is we just always say uh, sharon and i work off of percentages we say this mm-hmm. percent of our income um if i get a check in from a publisher total money makeover check comes in which is usually a pretty nice check each year uh and that check comes in a percentage goes to investing a per certain percentage so that preset a preset goes to additional purchases and enjoyment a preset amount goes to uh, additional generosity additional investing uh, now 50 percent of it's gone before we start because 40 percent goes to taxes and 10 percent to tithe because we're evangelical christians okay so that 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 leaves me the other 50 percent to split up among fun investing and additional generosity and so we just put a percentage on that. And so that's what you can do. You can just say, right. so for instance, here, you're in baby step four and you're saving towards a house. So I would put 15% of my income towards retirement, right? And you ought to be doing that anyway. That's a standard baby step move. And right. uh, th- then I'm going to put X percent for enjoyment. And then you kind of like have to spend that on enjoyment, even if it feels weird. <laughs> Yeah. Because when you were yeah. thinking about it, not in terms of a purchase you wanted to make, but you were just thinking about it in a, in general terms, and you said, okay, we're going to spend 10% of this money on us, as an example. I just pulled that number out, okay? So that's $40,000 mm-hmm. of just increased lifestyle. And that's a, that would be leaving 90% for everything else, taxes and generosity and investing and everything else. So that would be... You know, we can't really say that would be crazy, but yet then when you get ready to spend $40,000 on something, oh my gosh, what in the world? That feels so weird, but it helps you to do that because, oh, I've done my generosity. I've done my investing and 
And, and these are amounts I came up or percentages I came up with. So because your income could go to 600000 then what are you going to do? I don't want to. I wouldn't use yeah. an amount. I would use a percentage. That's really helpful. I think that's exactly my word, not worry. I mean, what a blessed problem to have. But, um, you know, as th- we're 24, so presumably this isn't going to be the peak of our income. And so thinking about it as percentages is so helpful. I, I hadn't thought about that before. Yeah, it'll, it'll keep you from... Uh, underdoing an area or overdoing an area yeah because you thought about it and you thought about it in ratios when your head was calm not when you were because if you wait until you're looking at an opportunity to support a a thing with generosity a ministry or something you're emotionally involved then Mm -hmm. and so i you know i want to help that thing i want to i want to cause the i want to help those people with that situation uh, these hungry kids or whatever it is, right? By then, by then you're already, you're already deep into it. And you, then you start going, well, you know, uh, 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 I don't know if this is right or not. And I may be going too much and you could do too much. You could get all caught up in the, you know, the, the beautiful little children that need some food and you could just give away, every, you know, you go crazy. And so that's, you, that really helps to lay out ratios. Yeah, well, I think of it as that kind of tire, and you don't want a flat tire. If you're only saving and you're not enjoying it, you call into the show and you're just clenched fists. And, uh, you know, some people can be very, very generous, but I have a hard time finding people who went broke being generous. So that's a great one to flex. And the spending side, people call in and say, Dave, I've been following you for 30 years. I can't stomach spending money. And Dave's like, go force yourself to do something fun. And so if you look at it through those three buckets, it becomes easier. Yeah, save spend. I mean, the first time you spend X Y Z that you've never spent makes you want to throw up on something. You go, "What in the world am I? Have I lost my mind?" Even if you're a spender, you stop and question. You know, am I out of control here? I bought a car that cost that. Oh my gosh! I used to buy houses for that. You know, I mean, it's like golly. And so, yeah, you, it it is emotional. And um, but you know, the good news is once you, and the first time I gave away. $10,000. I thought, man, I'm rich. I mean, only rich people give away $10,000. I thought this is a big deal. And now $10,000, I mean, it's like, And then you kept up to, upping it every year. Yeah, the other and, year, you gave away a million dollars in a day, and that was a big goal for you. Yeah, was fun. To, to get there. And so, but it wasn't, I mean, I couldn't even, I thought I was so cool in one sense. I gave away $10,000, you know, and then, and then I was like, oh, wow, you know, uh, but then you get, satiated to it and what will keep you from going out of control is to have some boundaries and those those ratios are good boundaries it's kind of the opposite of lifestyle creep when you're not living on less than you make this is someone following the plan going how do i increase the right way mike's in washington dc hey mike welcome to the ramsey show hey dave how are you better than i deserve what's up man uh not not too much i have a question so i my employer offers a 401k and uh, I just finished up my first year of work, maxed out my contributions to it. Uh, found out we have the ability to make Roth contributions. Great. So I, I switched from 12% pre-tax to 12% Roth. Awesome. And uh, so now that I'm contributing, making Roth contributions, I lose that deduction that I was getting for making pre-tax contributions. Correct. And other other than an IRA, a traditional IRA, yeah. I'm curious what other avenues there are to kind of make up for losing that deduction. Okay, Let, let's let's reframe that because you you traded 
a pre-tax tax deduction, making the entire account taxable when you get ready to take it out. So if you have a million dollars in your 401k at retirement, 100% of it's taxed. If it's a pre-tax 401k, you traded that for tax-free. You didn't lose the tax deduction. You traded a small tax deduction for a huge tax-free gain. So that's a good trade. I'll make that trade every day. I hate taxes, but not bad enough to to just, you know, do something stupid like avoid a Roth. No, you did the right thing with the Roth. There are no big deductions out there. This idea that the rich people have all the deductions is a bunch of crap. Unless you run a business or you've got something you can depreciate, you don't have big deductions out there. And don't go do a traditional just to get a tax deduction. George Campbell, Ramsey personality, is my co-host. Heidi is in Bowling Green, Ohio. Hi, Heidi. How are you? Hi, Dave. Um, I'm doing well. How are you? Better than I deserve. Bowling Green, Ohio, hometown of Scott Hamilton. It is. It is. And, yeah. And the National Tractor Poles and, yeah. And and I believe Dave, <laughs> Dave, there was an old runner back in the day, Dave Waddell. You probably don't know that name, but yeah, that was a long time ago. Uh, anyway, how can I help? Uh, okay. Okay. So my question is, first I want to say thank you so much for taking my call. And you are an answer to a bold prayer that I just said yesterday, and I'm so grateful to get through. Um, but my question is, we, my husband and I, um, we've been blessed with four kids um, that we raised. We have our, our baby is a senior in high school. And now um, my husband and I are trying to buckle down and figure out how to ride this next um, season and um, to the best we can financially to, you know, hit retirement in a good note. We have our home that we live in, and we also have a five-acre piece of property that has uh, four rentals on it, four rental homes. It also has a large barn, but we've had a hard time renting the barn out for um, anything. But we have, um, through this process of um, raising the kids and um, selling a business that we had for years, my husband went back to school, and um, they called him Grandpa Daddy, but he graduated first in his class, so he was a, he was a good Grandpa Daddy student. He, um, but we, have, we took out two HELOCs. Um, we have a HELOC on our home and a HELOC on the rental. For what? Um, for what? Yeah. Well, What'd you buy cover, with that money? We just covered expenses while he was in school because he, my, Oh, so he, did, he wasn't um, working? No. Oh, and crud. He, he, yeah, he, he worked a and little And you bit weren't working. Y'all didn't have any money to eat, and so you borrowed money to eat. Well, I was working, but my income was not gonna um, was not going to fill the gap of his not working. So, how he long had, did he um, not work, and how much money did you guys rack up? Well, he did not work for about a year, um, and in that time, we had um, we went from I guess over the course of a few years, we went from. A really large income. How much do you owe on these two HELOCs? That's what I'm asking. On the HELOC. On the first one, we owe 29 dollars What about on the other one? And the, uh, 
The other one is thirty nine five. Okay, so you borrowed seventy thousand dollars mm-hmm. on the year that he didn't work. And what is his degree yeah. in? He is now a substation electrician. Okay, and what is his income now? Well, he's still climbing each year because um, he's he's been at his job for three years now. But currently, um, he works. He is working a lot of overtime, but he makes about um, a hundred and ten. Okay, what do you make? And and I'm I'm currently home. Okay, so um, you have a hundred ten thousand dollar income. You have seventy thousand dollars in HELOCs from this mess. Mm-hmm. Any other debt? Well. Well, we have 140 income because we get rental income from the five acres. So another 30 no, in uh, rental income? Do you have any other debt other than the HELOCs? We have, um, no, we we drive crappy cars. And you're how old? we 52. Okay, so how quick are you going to clean up $70,000 making 140? I, I hope I would love to do it in two years. I think you should. But but I don't. I would also my other proposal thought is: Do we sell the five acres with the rentals? Because over the next ten years, from what like I'm calculating, if it makes a profit of two hundred and sixteen thousand, I don't know if um, I don't know if it's worth hanging on to or just trying to sell it for and what would it bring everything i think it would bring i think it would bring at least my husband thinks 450 okay so you got a half a million dollars sitting in the middle of your coffee table and you don't own this farm would you go buy it uh no then sell it okay if you wouldn't buy it again you shouldn't keep it but do you think it's possible to get out from under the HELOCs? Because then that would be paid for total. It's possible. It's, if you make 140000 surely to God you can pay off seventy in two years. It's only 35000 a year out of 140. you got to struggle through right. on 105 minus taxes. Right. I think you can do that for sure. And or you can sell the other property. I don't think you're required to sell the other property, but it doesn't sound to me like you guys are – you're not enjoying it. It's a headache. Yeah. It's like, you know, if you didn't own it, would you go buy it? No. It was an instant answer. You didn't even think about it. So, obviously, it's not, I mean, if you if you wouldn't buy it again, folks, that means you need to sell it, whatever it is, other than your spouse. I mean. <laughs> and you said you only got one more kid at the house. The baby is a senior in high school, so it might be time you go back to work and help, help speed this process up so you can retire with dignity. Because you said that was your goal. Yeah. But if you sold that and you cleared the HELOCs, and then you just start piling, stacking cash towards retirement. You're going to be just fine. You're going to be okay. It's just a matter of which way is the rest, the way you want to go at it. Twenty years from today, do you want to own that farm? And um, if you ask me that about several of the properties that we own, the answer is yes. I very seldom sell a piece of real estate, but occasionally I look at it and I go, God, if I didn't, I wouldn't buy that. I didn't own it. That means you got to get rid of it. That means it's time to move to something else. And I've got a couple of those. I'll, uh, I, I have moved a couple of pieces of real estate over the years. But 90% of the stuff we buy, we keep forever. Uh, that's our goal. So, But, you know, it's okay to move it. There's nothing wrong with it. Good question.
Thank you for joining us. Canada's on the line. Dale is calling. Hi, Dale. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. How can we help? Hey, hey guys. Um, I'm just wondering, um, I hear you guys talk all the time about um, if you own vehicles with large payments on them to sell them and downgrade to smaller vehicles. But I guess my question is, if I've got vehicles with negative equity, how do I do that? You have to cover the negative equity with a new loan or savings. Okay. How much negative equity do you have, Dale? Uh, well, we have two vehicles and uh, a travel trailer that we uh, <clears throat> excuse me that we don't use anymore. So we're deciding that we're because we're not using it, we might as well get rid of it. Yeah. So the trailer. Uh, the, let's just take the trailer. What is it worth? Um, it's worth about uh, about thirty. And what do you owe on it? Uh, forty-seven. Okay. So would you rather have forty-seven in debt or seventeen in debt? I'd rather have 17, but I just wasn't sure yeah. if that's the best way to do it or if there's some other options. There, there's not another option. you got to cover, the, you gotta cover the, the negative in order to give a clear title to the buyer. And so that's the problem with being stuck upside down in these things. So you could go to you know your local credit union and see if they'll give you or the place that holds the loan and say, listen, I'm underwater on this thing. This you got bad collateral here because this thing's only worth 30. I owe 47. I'm looking for a 17000 loan to cover the difference and get rid of this thing. Yeah, let me sign a note for the difference. And if it's a local credit union, they might do that for you. Yeah. You know, if it's um, Trevor Trailer Finance Incorporated, they're not going to. Yeah. You know, because they don't, you're going to run in trouble. You're going to have to go to the local credit union, borrow the seventeen to get out. But I'd rather you be 17000 in debt than forty seven. That'll speed now, this Especially up. on a trailer that's sitting in the yard that you don't use and wish you hadn't bought. So there Man. you go. Uh, or you come up with a difference. If you got it in savings or you can come up with it quickly that's by the way tra that's travel right. trailers are not evil but if you're out there sitting there thinking today that you're going to go buy a fifty thousand dollar one oh, and a fifty you need to know that it's going to be worth 30 in about 45 minutes and so don't finance it for sure you know be ready to take the hit that's how this world works this is the ramsey show